We gotta go to the bullpen. It's another episode of the Highland Bullpen, and we've got a full house tonight. Richard is joined by Yorkshire Dave, Dave Jr., and myself, the Highlander, Alan. We hope you enjoy the show, and we look forward to catching up with you all later. folks and welcome to another episode of the Highland Bullpen. We're into September, the fabled October of MLB playoff time is just around the corner and what are the four of us thinking about our chances there? Well, two of us might have some hope, well one of us has good hope, uh, one of us has a little bit of hope and then there's a couple of us support teams in the, the AL Central so yeah, well the least said about that the better. So anyway, the man from the West Coast uh, both in Scotland and in the US of A. Richard, you're Mariners. Uh, they've turned things around dramatically in the last month or so, uh, all the way to the playoffs, you'd be hoping. Yes, see us rise, as they say, Alan. And, and to be honest with you, I, I didn't see it coming because I was the one who, I think just about the kind of all-star uh, break, I was full of doom and gloom. I was saying, oh, no, we can't, we can't put together the kind of run uh, that's going to be necessary to get us into the contention. And at that point, I was just thinking about the wildcard spots, even to be a live contender in the wildcard space seemed like a long time away, a long, a long way away. And we just went on one of those runs that baseball throws up every so often. Uh, I think we won something like eight series in a row. We didn't sweep them all, but we won, you know, a lot of them, you know, two ones, three ones, three zero. We swept some good teams in the way as well. And yeah, we just absolutely seemed seemed to hit a stride. Everything came together, you know. The, the the pitching, which has been a strength, suddenly we're getting the runs to to turn those to to take advantage of that strong pitching. You know, the bullpen was continuing to perform well, uh, and we were getting the runs. Julio has been in a hot streak, made history as well. Uh, just in the, in the last twenty four hours or so, made history again. Uh, so yeah, and now I think. Regardless of whether we make it or not, whether we win the AL West or not, it's going to be a hell of a finish to, to the Major League season because the last 10 games, I think all 10 of them are against either the Rangers or the Astros or division rivals. Uh, I think so it's, it is set up for an absolute ding-dong battle. I don't know if that's a phrase our American analysts might be familiar with, but it's set up for a ding-dong battle down the stretch with those two Texas, uh, the two Texas rivals as well. So... Yeah, just all to play for. Hugely, hugely exciting. Uh, I'm now, uh, having not been hopeful and then got here, I don't want to suddenly, you know, jinx us at this late stage. So I would say I'd still be delighted. I think the wild card standings, well, we're, we're still in, in good shape there. We are ready to get overhauled uh, in the division. We're still, you know, would be strong contenders for a wild card berth if that was needed. But I'd be fascinated to hear from your perspective, uh, obviously on the Tigers, the Red Sox and the White Sox, but I'd be fascinated to, to hear how you guys think it's going to pan out for the Mariners in the rest of the season. Are you in a situation just now, Richard? I was having a, a look at the fixtures there, uh, that Houston and Texas are actually facing off against each other the next few nights. So hopefully you know, they can cut each other's throat a little bit, give you a little bit of breathing. 
amazing space uh, whilst you play is the Reds. Yeah, absolutely. Did you know? And we kind of the Reds took us in, in the first game of that series there. But yes, absolutely. It's uh, it's that you start thinking. Well, who would we like to? Who would we like to to beat the other? Uh, given the Texas Rangers, at the same time we were having a fantastic winning run. They were having a really noticeable losing streak as well. So on the basis that they probably lost more of their early season form, I'd probably rather they took some games off the Astros because I think the Astros come that final push. Uh, I do think the Astros will be push us harder, uh, will push us harder than, than Texas Rangers will. Although, again, I've been wrong before, uh, several times already in the AL West, so, so we'll see what happens. But, uh, yeah, and obviously August, they are just past a sensational month, 21 wins in that calendar month, a new franchise record. So September can't be quite as hot as that, but if we can if we can get you know stick to what we've been doing well, I think we'll be there or thereabouts. Uh, Yorkshire Dave, you were you were talking about the the, the records of falling as well there for the Mariners. Yes, I saw that game um, when they got the twenty one wins, and I forget I forget the manager's name, but he said something like, "Is it, is it right that there's sixty days in August?" So he was just wanting at least there's there's 31 days in August, wasn't there? So, uh, yeah, I think he just wanted it to keep keep going. But um, it's both good and tough that you're playing the Astros, who themselves are looking at beginning to look good again, and uh, and the Rangers. But yeah, it's it's in your hands, isn't it? Really. So um, you can't ask for much more than that. And J Rod, he's just been an absolute star, isn't he? I mean, is he is he really only 22 years old? You know, incredible, isn't it? I mean, and, and setting uh, the first player in, in history there to have twenty-five homers and twenty-five stolen bases in his first two MLB seasons. You know, that's uh, this is yeah. properly historic achievements as well. well. And he's... Do, they're even talking about doing thirty-thirty. I mean, he's got the stolen bases. I think he's, he's only five away for the home runs, so that would be incredible. Absolutely. And from the perspective of your own teams, uh, Yorkshire Day for the Red Sox and also for the White Sox and for the Tigers as well. Do you have a preference for the Mariners, one of these teams that are hard to hate? I know given our lack of World Series success, there's no reason to be jealous. Yeah, that's a fair point, isn't it? I mean, there are not, you know, I think we all love the game of baseball, don't we? And it's not like we have a lot of history like in football where, you know, especially as well, Leeds United fans, the list of teams that uh, you're supposed to hate is is quite empty. But I don't feel that way about um baseball. Yeah, there's the, the Yankees. But I don't hate the Yankees, you know, especially seeing as um we're eight and one against them this season. Uh, we've got a four game series coming up as well. So another sweep would be nice. But yeah, I, you know, I rather like. I would obviously want the Mariners to do well, and I think I think they will qualify. I do quite like the Astros, and we have our friend Rob, don't we? Um, who will be no doubt uh, cheering them on. So um, yeah, I did from that division. That's looking. It's them, uh, your division, and our division, and it looks like Tampa Bay. And the Orioles are pretty certain, and then it's two out of three, or maybe all three, 
from uh, from your division. Fascinating finish in store, and and from the home of the Tigers, Alan. From does, does Motor City look kindly on the Mariners, or are we a team that you've got no real reason to to dislike? Yeah, I probably can't really speak for all Tigers fans, and it tend not to see an awful lot of stuff on Tigers Twitter that say having a pop at other teams. Um, the, the the White Sox might get a little bit of banter from time to time, but that's almost like a close rivalry there. I was one of the tales I took back from Boston was um we we were in a bar, surprisingly. And um somebody's there's a couple of a couple of couples out for a night out and they, they start talking to us. Um and we were they're asking me like British football and they want to go and watch some English games and I was just saying, oh, you're there with Tigers gear on and it's enjoyable coming here that you know you're quite safe you can wear what you want and such like and I said in football terms it, you don't have the same level of hatred <laughs> the word that we use there that they do and they did try to argue that point but I think it's a moot point when um, there's there's no way you could wander into uh, Ellen Road in the Leeds end wearing a Man United top or come into Copeland Road at Ibrox wearing a Celtic top it's just um a, the police wouldn't allow it if, if you were lucky enough to have got that far. Um, so I, they, they possibly they don't quite have a... Uh, yeah, young Dave will probably point out that um, with my various travels around different baseball and football teams and uh, a selection of baseball caps and football shirts that I probably am fairly... Uh, might move around my loyalties. Because I was going to say, when I look through the the American League. There's, yeah, there's not a lot for a lot of teams in there that I dislike. I'd have to say in the AL West, if anything, the three teams who are competing there are the three teams that I would have an interest in. Um, yeah, Seattle for yourself, uh, Texas for some reason, I quite like their name, uh, and then the, the the good old Astros. Uh, the Angels seem a little bit odd to to me. Um, that they're stoked with two of the big players. Maybe we could talk a wee bit about Shoya Tani later on, what that is. And uh, the athletics, I suppose, did they not give rise to the great baseball movie as well? So um, we're probably far enough away that we can support our team and haven't really got into any any, any major uh, rivalry. We, we should go away for a night together and watch a Tigers and White Sox game through and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think yeah, the Tigers swept the recent series, don't you, Alan, against the White Sox as well. Yeah, I know it's, it is. <laughs> it's a bit uncompetitive playing some of these teams who are beneath you in the league, but yeah, that you just need to do that sometimes, I guess. And yeah. I, 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 I'm honour bound, unfortunately, Dave Junior. I'm honour bound to ask you what's the, the latest update with the White Sox. You don't have to. It's, <laughs> it's okay. Um, so the White Sox season is really turned into a complete calamity. Um, I, I don't think they were ever considered a favourite by any means, but certainly within the division for the last couple of years, they've been thought of as one of the, the more up-and-coming teams, that they've got good talent there. And it's just not happened. So I was listening to a really interesting podcast uh, a, a few days ago, and they ran through the other teams that have effectively been through this. Again, it's a bit of an American phrase, but the old the rebuild. Um, I know the Tigers 
and the Mariners have both been been through it. I'm not sure if Boston would class themselves at any stage of being having gone through it, uh, but the the overriding factor was that the White Sox might actually be one of the first teams to go through a full rebuild. So this is what we're talking about: just taking everything back, stripping it back to your farm system, going through the pain of two three years of absolute misery. Effectively, going back to Scottish football, you know when your club sitting in the, in the middle of the table. And your fans call for, let's get the kids in. Let's just, these guys aren't hacking it. Let's get the kids in. Effectively, that's what some baseball clubs do for a couple of years to store up some good trade picks and to get a better team for the future um, and can and can rebuild. So I think great examples of that over the years would have been the Blue Jays, the Rangers just now, the Mariners, uh, Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, Kansas done it, won the World Series. Uh, and the, the big one just now is Baltimore, who are... Uh, just fantastic top to bottom. And sorry, just caught Dave out the corner of my there. Uh, one of his other loves, the the Astros are quite famed for, for having gone through this rebuild as well. And just having a fantastic structure in place. So what the White Sox have done is tried to copy that model. And they're now going to be one of the first clubs that baseball chairman can turn around and say, well, if we do a rebuild... What's going to stop us from turning into another White Sox? Because it's been a bit of a disaster. We've had one uh, division win uh, two seasons ago, but out with that, it's just not worked. So to give you a couple of just kind of quick quick numbers, when the, the trade deadline, so that, that was again a, a deadline day, bringing things back to football, very similar to, to what we experience in the UK. Um, there was a transfer window. When would that have been, gents? Around about there, early August it closed. Um, you can trade players over throughout July. Um, so to give you an idea, before July or August, or sorry, before that deadline closed, you'd have played around about 100 games. Nine innings roughly per game. Yes, sometimes a little less, sometimes a little more. Um, but to give you an idea, at the transfer or the trade deadline, the White Sox traded away over 40% of the innings pitched, as in they traded away pitchers who 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 pitched in more than 40% of of all White Sox innings. So we traded away uh, two or three starters. We traded away most of the bullpen, and it gives you an idea um, where our where our struggles lay. Although some of those guys were, were good guys to be honest, and they went on to to get some good moves. Uh, a guy that we covered before, way, way back at the start of the podcast, uh, Lucas Giolito. He threw a no-hitter just shortly after we, we started the podcast. Uh, amusingly, he went back home to LA. He joined up with uh, Messers, Otani and Trout and lasted all of a month before he's now pitching in Cleveland. Um, Again, so that's going to be his third club. He's, I've seen a stat saying he's pitched for, I think, 40% of all clubs in the American League now this season. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's something along those lines. I don't um, quite know the start, but it, it was featuring today. But it was some critical start that he was the first pitcher in MLB history to concede eight runs for three different teams in the one season. Or something like that. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. It's a shame because he, he seems like a good guy. But uh, going back to Richard's point, the White Sox, they've completely waved the white flag. The last few weeks have been... Really, really hard to watch, and we all we all grew up as football fans. We know what it's like to go through a rough spell for your team. This this feels very different to me as a baseball fan. 
every night these guys have gone out there and it's clear that they've given up. It's which sounds like one of those things that fans say when they're angry, but it's true. Um, you know, last night the White Sox travelled to Kansas, the only team worse than us in the American League. And they, they lost 12-1. It was just a bunch of men, you know, playing baseball, not with really much passion. They all know it's a nightmare. So in the last few weeks, our owner, Jerry Reinsdorf, who you may know the name, some of you out there, um, if you've watched the Netflix documentary, The Last Dance, which focused on Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls. So Jerry Reinsdorf owns the Bulls and the, the White Sox. Uh, so he fired our entire management team in the last couple of weeks, and that's all been replaced. So they were all in, in place for you know 20 plus years, bringing home a, a World Series title to the White Sox in 2005, but it just hasn't happened. So there's going to be a lot of changes off season, um, from top to bottom, um, and we're going to see how things go. But just now, it's it's grim to watch and a night in night out basis. A lot of guys getting called up from AAA who are just not ready, they're, but they're, they're being given a chance to, to test their metal in, in the show. So, yeah, it's, it's quite hard to watch just now, Richard. You talk, talk about rebuilds as well, and people talk about the, the current perpetual Tigers rebuild. And I thought just had a quick look there at the, the sort of stats, Tigers results. And so this was this is now the seventh season the Tigers will finish um, below 500. I'm making a presumption that that's going to happen in our next 25 games, but I think I could confidently do that. In the 11 seasons before that, the Tigers were above 509 of them, which just now seems quite strange. It's quite a turnover there. You go from being a winning, regular winning team to being a regular losing team. But one of those seasons, 2008, the, the, the AL... Central is obviously fairly weak. 2008, the Tigers were 457. What position out of five do you think they featured in the, the ALE, AL Central with 457? I'll go for second. You were going second as well, young day, were you? Yeah, I'll, go, I'll go with two. I mean, you, you would say bottom, wouldn't you, really? You know, um, yeah. and that would get your bottom place in the AL East currently. Yeah, fifth out of five in the in the Central, which that, that just shows you the, the difference you've got there when you look at how the how weak that division is just now. So, mm. Yeah, right. So, yeah, and I guess the thing about rebuilds, and yeah, absolutely, every... every franchise, I think, at some point. Although it's a bit different for the really kind of big storied ones. I think the likes of the, the Yankees and the Red Sox, it's a harder sell to your fans. I think the notion of a, a complete rebuild and let's <laughs> let's let's wait for four years down the line till we actually start winning the things like we expect to win again. Uh, but yeah, it just requires the patience, doesn't it? The patience of the fans, the patience of the, the club owners, the patience of everyone. <laughs> to make that work, but it certainly has worked, as you mentioned, Dave Jr., plenty of franchises have renewed and refreshed their entire organisation, and it's paid off for them. So uh, in terms of Tigers, Al, as well, I know if it keeps up this kind of record, you will have improved quite significantly on last season in terms of your winning percentage. I think you were down a whisker above 400 at the, yeah. when all told last season. So 
it definitely looks like it marks progress from that from that side yeah. of things as well. Yeah, we did think we saw progress in 2021. Uh, we were actually slightly higher in 2021. Um, uh, after that was it four seasons where we couldn't even get above 400. So it, it, there's something there again. It, it's when you look at it, um, the pitch and rotation at times. There seems to be some good. Good guys in there, Matt Manning, what have you, um, Erod. Although, what happens? I think he's a free agent at the end of the year, so um, is he likely to stay? I guess that all comes down to money, though. He doesn't, uh, or or where he wants to be, of course. But money mm -hmm. will be thrown at people. A few of the young guys uh, coming through: Riley Green, Spencer Torkelson. A uh, little bit of hope there that stuff might be happening. Um, uh, Torgelson's hit, of, I think he's 20 or 25 home runs. He's had a significant number of them in August, so coming into a bit of form. Uh, although I saw a little bit of criticism for his runners in scoring position stats, but I guess I guess that's inexperience, and that's something that the batting coaches will need to get into him as well. But uh, I, Yeah, we've only done this for a few years, Richard, but I think every year I've probably turned around and said, yeah, there's a little bit of hope. Uh, we're getting there, uh, and, and and we're just around the corner. Uh, at this stage, I don't know what gets you around that corner. I'm I'm guessing it's having two or three superstar pitchers uh, with another couple of guys behind you uh, who who then stay fit. Th this year, I had my concerns. It was a Cabrera farewell tour, which it obviously has been, uh, rightly so. But I think the Tigers have managed that quite well, uh, and he's done well. Uh, a few hits, a couple of home runs. Um, uh, unfortunately, the series at Fenway that I went to, he didn't manage to get any hits there, but uh, he got a nice standing ovation on his last at bat at Fenway. Although I did say to Yorkshire Dave that I was hoping he was going to be coming back in the 12th innings to hit, hit a walk-off winner, but yeah. <laughs> it didn't, didn't quite happen like that. So He did all right the other night, though, didn't he? Was it four... Yeah. Four for five, he went, you know, a couple yeah. of homes. He's, you know, he's, he's some man, absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Four hits, first 40 year old for the Tigers in like 100 years or something to get four hits yeah. in, a, in a night. So I love it as well when he gets his last one, they take him out and just obviously put the pinch runner on. The, the, they know he's not quite got the pace to get to second base. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we, can, we can forgive him that. <laughs> Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And I guess now, I mean, as I say, the Mariners' fate is pretty much in their own hands, so we'll see what happens post-season there. But I guess now it's a time where people start thinking, OK, we're, we're 85 or 80% through the, the MLB season. Who now looks like they could potentially take it all in the Fall Classic? Who are the, who are the teams, who are the franchises that have put together a kind of winning record and performances that make us think they can win the World Series in 2023. And I guess I'd probably start, Dave Jr., with yourself, uh, in terms of the, the real top performing teams or even any surprises that you might see across the American League and National League. But should we be looking any further than the likes of the Braves and the Dodgers? I, I like the Braves. Um, I, I really do. When they they came to town, or the White Sox actually just went to to Atlanta after the the All Star break, and what a team! 
what well, you know, they seem to have a great setup. They're another one that I think may have been through a wee bit of a rebuild uh, over, over the years. Um, but one of the stats that came out during that series was they they basically start with the same nine every single match. Uh, the top four, I think, have played every single game this season. Um, it's it's a really steady lineup. It's a solid lineup. It's a talented lineup, and it's a hard working lineup. I'm sure Ronald Acuna broke some records similar to Jay Rod recently in terms of home runs and and uh, stealing bases. But they've got a fast team, a smart team, a talented team. I like the look of them, Richard. I really do want to see them them do pretty well. I think they won it all a couple of years ago, but they they still seem to be a team that are overlooked at times and not not highly spoken of. But I like the look of them. Yeah, I think that's a very good shout. And you certainly won't be alone, I'm sure, Dave Jr. in, in tipping the Braves to, to win it all. But Yorkshire, Dave... Do you see who do you see as contenders, and if anyone's going to upset the Braves or down the Dodgers, who do you think it might be? Well, it's not going to be either of the New York teams, is it? And I'm not saying that you know to get at the Yankees, but from what you were saying earlier, I'm just looking at the payroll, and the top two teams with the biggest 26 man payroll, I think overall. Well, the total payroll, sorry, overall is the New York Mets who already have the dreaded E against their name in the standings, they're eliminated. And uh, the New York Yankees, who are in danger of having their first losing season in over 30 years. So just spending money alone doesn't guarantee you, you know, playoff or, or, or success. It doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't harm you. But, you know, you look at the Seattle Mariners, 18th, um, so below, below the average in terms of payroll. And you know, and they're consistently doing well, and look like they're going to be in the playoffs. I, yeah, I. If it's going to come from the National League, I would prefer the Braves to win. I think they deserve it. Junior Junior could be the first man ever, is it, to uh, have thirty home runs and sixty stolen bases? Um, so, yeah, I, I'll go. For, you know, being an American League guy, I would quite like to see um i wouldn't mind if the rays won it although not a massive fan of theirs mainly because of their ridiculous stadium and setup but you know the baltimore orioles yeah wouldn't mind if they went um all the way and uh, i think they could be the most likely from the a from the american league houston astros i'll never bet against them and uh, they could be coming good just at the right time. So it could be, you know, Astros, Braves again. Richard, yeah. just to interrupt you there, um, I don't think Dave heard your question right, because I've known him for quite some time, and I think he heard you asking a question about who's got the best logo, because that man loves a good logo, and I think he's just <laughs> went for, for Baltimore there, because it resembles yeah. one of his favourites. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I'd, I'd like Baltimore to do it. I must say they're a very interesting team. I think they they play a very interesting style of baseball, uh, despite being high run scorers. They're actually fairly low in terms of home runs. They're, they're in the lower half of the MLB in terms of number of home runs they hit. So it's a kind of a, a lot of speed to their, to their game on the bases and things like that as well. Uh, and yeah, as uh, I like, I like their style. There's something different about them. Uh, they're a young team as well, and, and I think there's a real energy about them. 
and it would be nice. Yeah, I, I'd like to see, I'd like to see them do it. The odds are against them. Generally, teams that are on the lower half for hitting home runs don't win it, don't win the the World Series. But equally, they don't usually win as many regular season games as Baltimore mm-hmm. are on course to do either. So it's uh, yeah, I'd like to see, I'd like to see Baltimore. Uh, Alan, what about yourself? It's probably worth pointing out that um, the Tigers traded Daz Cameron to Baltimore uh, last season. Uh, clearly, he's not featured other than in the spring training games, which uh, I was lucky enough to see as well. So he's up there with the Norfolk Tides in the, the International League. I think that's in Virginia they play. So he's had a few home runs. So maybe now is the time to, to call him up, although that's... It's interesting how these guys, obviously not quite making the breakthrough, they trade to another team. The Orioles must have had some thought or expectation that they could pull them into their their squad or backup at some point, but that's not not quite happened for them. So um, I'm going to go for an Orioles-Dodgers because I always say the Dodgers uh, as the first team I went to see in the Major Leagues um, World Series. And I will stick with the American League to see them bring the trophy home. Sounds good, Al. Sounds sounds good. Uh, yeah, and maybe much like the Highland, Highland bullpen, maybe it's the Cameron behind the scenes that's making all the difference in bringing it all together at the Baltimore Orioles. Now, he's a baseball player like no other, Shohei Otani. But what has been so far uh, just a, a success story uh, for the Japanese star is facing maybe its first series challenge. Uh, Otani's developed an injury uh, and there is speculation that he perhaps might need Tommy John surgery and obviously there's a concern about what that means for his future, his future pitching uh, and given his famously his two-way, that his two-way style, his incredible performance both on the mound and, and, and with the bat, uh, it would be a real shame if, if one half of that equation was impacted by the surgery. So, Alan, and I guess there's also the question around about he's a very, very hot free agent, or potentially a very, very hot free agent. What does the timing mean for for that? And, and potentially could be many, many millions of dollars at stake. Yeah, yeah the timing was, um, in so many ways, as dramatic as it could be. I'm always... American... Americans are falling in love with a bit of soccer just now because they've got this superstar Messi over there. Uh, and of course, Otani sort of falls into similar bracket. And you're trying, Messi's going there at the end of his career and the financial implications of that. And obviously, he, he's gone there. He must fancy the lifestyle. He must fancy the league. He'll be getting well remunerated for it. But uh, there you go. So Otani was half linked to be traded in the last trade window in the summer. Um, and they were talking about deals like $500 million, potentially. Uh, and then uh, two weeks later, yeah, he gets a UCL injury. Um, and you take away a big part of the guy, <laughs> a massive part of the guy, if there's if he's going to pitch again, um, if he's going to miss a season of pitching. He's still batting. Um, now, I think that he, I don't quite understand how you would have an injury that's potentially going to need surgery, but you're able to carry on with another part of the game, which does involve your your hands. I didn't realise as well. I mean, it shows you. It makes me wonder what I know at times. But apparently, he 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 bats and pitches with different hands. Um, 
So he did one right-handed and one left-handed. Um, so, yeah, the lad seems to have a lot of different skills, a lot of different abilities. Um, foreseeing the future injury wasn't one of them um, because uh, potentially, it, yeah, the, 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 the chat is it would cost him a 200 million in his transfer or his future contracts, so to speak. Is that important when you're going to pick up another 300 million? Um, yeah, yes, yes and no. Uh, but it just goes to show you how vulnerable these guys can potentially be. And is he fortunate that he's got the ability to? Well, he is always fortunate. He's got the ability to do both. But I, I just what what what's a what's a comparison in football? Um, I don't know there is anything because if you get injured, a career injury like that, you just you you, you can't do anything. So this is it's one of the unique things about baseball, isn't it, Dave? I'd imagine the most similar one I could think of in football just now is we're, we're all thinking about, um, or we've seen the whole Mbappe thing play out with PSG, where <clears throat> you know there's been a possibility of him moving across to Saudi Arabia, um, and he's made it quite clear, or it seems to be clear within the public domain that he's he's off to Real Madrid next summer. So, you know, PSG came out to say, well make a decision, we're going to get rid of you now or uh, and we want the money that we want unless you can commit to his long term. He didn't bother. He's still there. He's still doing his thing. So that would be my example, would be Mbappe. If he were to break down this season and have a real long-term injury, that could be something that, that, would, that would be similar to what Tani's going through just now. Uh, I seen an article the other day about the other teams who are in on Otani. It's not too shocking who, who they might be, the kind of big market teams. One of those as well is the Cubs, who seem to be having a little bit of a resurgence as well. Uh, we take credit for that after cheering them on to a degree in, in London. Um, but one of the other teams uh, was Boston, who I don't know if Dave's aware of that or, or your own thoughts on the Otani situation. Yeah, well, yes, I kind of love to see him at Boston. Whether that would happen in terms of... Um, I mean, what we were talking about earlier in terms of payroll, I mean, going back not too many years, um, Boston will always see themselves and have been the one of the big market teams. And what goes along with that is usually a high payroll. They've gone down from, you know, second or third in the last few years to almost at the average and, you know, relying a bit on their farm system. And, you know, famously they let Mookie Betts go a few years ago, went for, a, you know, over $300 million long-term deal. They have signed um, third baseman Devers to a $300 million plus 10-year deal. But whether the ownership would, um, I mean, prior to this injury, whether they would okay a $500 million deal for Otani, I don't know. But if they're going to do it for anybody... They were, you you do it for a time, wouldn't you? Because he, he is literally two players in one. Now, how is that possible? <laughs> you say, well, you know, if he's the designated hitter, he can be playing in every game and he's hitting um, as well than anyone else in the game. And on top of that, he's one of the top starters. So he'll be starting pitching for you once every five games. Now, he's kind of been... But you did say, just to digress briefly, you know, is there a comparison? Um, and, you know, 
previously we do try and bring in other sports and cricket is is one of mine and i would beg to say that ben stokes the england test captain is almost like three players in one and he was he had an injury problem in uh, the ashes series and one of the one of the test matches he wasn't really able to bowl so he's an all-rounder he's a brilliant attacking batsman very good seam bowler but also he's the captain so he's like the manager on the pitch so he calls the game so he's like three players in one and he couldn't really bowl in one of the games but he's still there because he's the captain and he's a match winning batsman but yeah it, it is um shocking that really that um Shoei has, has had this injury i have a feeling that he's already in his career i need to check this has he already had tommy john surgery um sometimes yeah. you know sometimes i've seen it said that um if you have that you know early enough in your career you almost come back with a stronger arm. And I've also heard it said that uh, some players, even before they break into the MLB, if there's any suggestion that, you know, they're going to suffer with that, they will have the Tommy John surgery before they go into the majors almost. And, you know, with the with the knowledge that it may Im- improve, um, strengthen, um, but if he has to have a second Tommy John surgery, he could be out in terms of pitching for not just one season, but potentially two seasons, just depends on how it goes. So that is very, very serious, but he would still be. Uh, and the one hope that they had in in Boston is because we've got, obviously, uh, the very successful uh, Masa Yoshida, who's come from the Japan leagues and has been a great success. And we were kind of hopeful that he that, that might be um, a good positive reason for Shohei to come to Boston. But I think it's a little bit up in the air now who will sign him and whether, in fact, he'll even move. Uh, he's got a year, still got a year on his contract, I think, hasn't he, anyway? So the reason why they're talking about trading him is because... Um, they would get more for him now because he's got one year left on his contract. If they if they insisted on him playing, if they can do that next season, and he goes as a complete free agent, they would get very little or not as much as they would get now in 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 return. Because of course, it's not a transfer fee as such. You know, the contract goes to the player, but in order to to obtain him from um, from the Angels, a team would need to offer incentives in terms of prospects for, you know, up-and-coming players for Otani. So, yeah, I, I think it, it's it's a real shame that it's happened because it was one of the great stories of the game in, in you know, not just this year or last year, but, in you know, in the history of the game, really. And if he, if he can't be that two-way player... Uh, we're going to lose out quite significantly, I think, as fans and the game in general. Yeah. It was interesting, you, Dave Jr. mentioned Lucas Giolito early on, so obviously going to the Angels as well. And the, um, you would have thought there was some sort of added value in there for them with them not, not pitching. But did, did the Angels go all in at the trade deadline and then decide it wasn't happening? And then they thought, 
yeah, we need to free up the cash. So, so many different things with the contract situations there as well. So, yeah, show you, Tony. Will we see him in Chicago, Dave Jr.? If we do, uh, it'll only be in one half of, of the city, that's for sure, Alan. Uh, it's, it won't be on the south side. Uh, interestingly enough, Jerry Reinsdorf came out and actually said that openly. So it's, it was one of his first interviews right. for years, uh, openly, when he was just asked about an, a numerous amount of topics. And they said, you know, we are not the type of club who will be in on Otani at all. Um, yeah. Just to kind of clarify one of the things Dave mentioned earlier, Otani's a free agent this year. Is so it? he no, will, right. yeah. I just done a quick check on the side there, so I think that's why the the Angels, as Alan said, went all in at the transfer or sorry, the trade deadline, because at that moment in time, the Mariners didn't have the the recent resurgence they've been going through. Yeah. So they thought there was still a good chance at the wild card berth, but it's just all went uh, Pete Tong. I'm afraid for, for the Angels, uh, but Otani. I mean, <laughs> in a way, I hate to say this. He seems like the type of guy, well, he's beloved everywhere, but the Cubs are probably one of the most beloved clubs across the the country. You could see him flourishing for a team like the Cubs, an organisation that, that market themselves so well, uh, that are known worldwide. Uh, let's face it, he could probably turn up at any of the 30 teams and, and do, do them all a turn and, and help drag them in, onto a worldwide stage. But the Cubs, the Cubs may be a good fit for him. You never know. Um, but the guy's just, he's so talented. He's, he really is unreal. You, you and Dave in particular have been championing him uh, for the last 18 to 24 months. Um, and he's he really is. There's no sign of him letting up whatsoever. Yeah. Well, even, you heard it here even with an injury. Yeah, you heard it here first that Shohei Otani is going to Chicago and will be playing for the club, the Cubs, the club of the Cubs in 2024. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Highland Bullpen and we look forward to catching up with you again soon.